Luke chapter 16, um, verse 1 through to 17. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be a manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money." The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Over to you, Ranjit. All right, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, King's Cross, for this wonderful opportunity to preach to you, uh, to just hear your laughter, uh, to hear the energy in the room. I, I would give anything to just be in your uh, midst right now to even show our gratitude for what you guys have been to us, even though you've not seen us, you've not experienced our church or you've been here in Delhi, uh, but uh, we think of you often, we pray for you guys, uh, you, your generosity and your love has extended uh, beyond your church and uh, it's reached us and we, we are grateful for that uh, and I'm excited uh, to uh, see what's happening at King's Cross. Uh, this morning, uh, we're looking at Luke chapter 16 as we read this passage uh, and uh, this is one of, uh, uh, one of the most uh, difficult parables. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't know why I'm preaching on this. Uh, usually what I do is whenever there's a controversial passage, uh, I outsource it, right? I get somebody else to preach it because I like my church and I don't want to leave it, right? And I don't want people leaving. <laughs> so uh, so maybe that's why Mark asked me to preach it. I don't know. Or maybe he thinks I'm really competent in it. So uh, I'll, I'll think of that, right? Uh, it's, it's great to be with you. Uh, I heard that you uh, have already discussed this passage through the week. I think it's wonderful for you to get into God's word, 
talk about it in your groups. Um, so here, I'm just going to give you a quick gist about the passage and then see what, uh, how to apply this for us. So uh, here is a really rich man uh, who's rich enough to uh, employ his own manager or a steward, right, to handle all his affairs. Uh, he, uh, so this uh, manager is in charge of uh, the rich man's wealth and assets and crops, uh, his land, uh, he even handles his debts. Uh, so he has been given authority to uh, act on his behalf. Uh, so there's considerable uh, responsibility, considerable influence that this man has. Uh, but we see in this parable that the manager uh, squanders uh, the wealth. He's irresponsible. He squanders it. Uh, and the news comes back uh, to the rich man uh, and uh, that the manager has been incompetent. Uh, so the rich man meets with the manager and he fires him, right? And he tells him, you need to settle the accounts and you, you need to leave. Uh, that's expected of the, of the rich man, right? Uh, so the manager is going to lose his job. He's going to lose his influence, uh, his uh, income, uh, maybe even lose his reputation in, in the society there. Uh, so he's wondering what he's going to do. So he thinks to himself, what am I going to do, right? Uh, and uh, he, he is, uh, we see, he ta he's talking to himself. He says, I can't do manual labor. Uh, or he, and he's too ashamed to beg. So he gets an idea. And this is his uh, wonderful idea. Uh, he says uh, he he's going to approach the master's debtors one by one. Uh, and he's going to allow them to pay their debts uh, at a reduced rate, right? So he goes to the first person. He says, how much do you owe? Yeah, this guy owes 100 measures of oil. He says, you just pay for 50. Uh, and he goes to another person. He says, how many... Uh, what do you owe? He says, I owe 100 measures of wheat. And he says, you just pay 80, right? And he goes and does this to several people. Uh, and his plan seems to work, uh, right? He's going to make friends uh, when he gets fired. He's going to secure his future. He's going to protect himself by making these friends uh, who, who will in some way take care of him, take care of him when he is, uh, leaves this job. Uh, and his plan seems to work because the rich man, when he hears about this, uh, shockingly, he praises this dishonest manager. And in verse 8, he specifically praises him. He's not praising him for his uh, dishonesty, but he's praising him for his shrewdness. He's praising him for his uh, shrewdness, right? Uh, now, shrewdness is not something you will associate with uh, with, with scripture. Shrewdness is not something we associate with uh, spiritual uh, life, right? Uh, but, but, but this is the point Jesus is making, and this is what is tough for us. It's kind of uncomfortable uh, for our modern minds. Uh, is Jesus uh, praising this dishonest manager? Uh, what, what is going on, right? Uh, we, we see Jesus do this uh, uh, in different, different ways of teaching. Where in the, in the in 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 their part of the world they will use a lesser example uh, and make a point with a greater example, right? Uh, so Jesus does in La uh, Luke 18 uh, when he talks about the unjust judge. He says, if this unjust judge uh, can bring about justice, how much more God? Right? We see a similar one in Luke chapter 11. He's talking about an unfriendly neighbor, and he says, if an unfriendly neighbor uh, can open the door and give you what you need, uh, how much more God who loves you, right? 
So in a similar way, Luke 16, uh, Jesus makes the point, if an unrighteous manager can act so shrewdly, how much more you? Right? So we see this pattern uh, of uh, teaching uh, that even Jesus employs. Some, when they approach this parable, they, uh, because it makes us uncomfortable, uh, kind of how can Jesus um, uh, use this dishonest manager as an example? Uh, so we try to sanitize it, right? We try to make the dishonest manager uh, and make him look like a good man. Or we try to blame the cultural nuances. We are like, okay, I don't know what's happening in the culture. So maybe there's something going on there uh, where we are not getting it, right? Uh, but uh, I would rather this morning live in the tension. Okay, the tension that we are not going to resolve what's happening here. We just need to trust Jesus who's making this point, right? Uh, we see that Jesus is addressing uh, his disciples, right? In verse one, right? He's talking to his disciples. Uh, so obviously it's a lesson for all of us this morning. Uh, and, and this is the point Jesus is making, right? He's saying, uh, look at how people live in this world. Uh, people act shrewdly about uh, about their future when it comes especially to their financial resources. Uh, they, will, uh, they will seize every opportunity to secure the future. They will take advantage uh, to move up in life, uh, to uh, work for their interests, uh, to secure their future prospects. Uh, they will do anything in the present that will benefit them in the long run either through honest means or dishonest means, right? This is how the world works. This is how people live. And he says, this is, uh, in some ways, we look around, this is how the world works. This is how governments work. This is how banks work. This is how corporations work and public and private agencies. This is how individuals uh, behave and act. They, they are very shrewd when it comes to the future, right? Right. Uh, all the advertising is based on this. There are financial schemes based on this. And now we hear so much about cryptos and NFTs, stocks uh, on social media. People are constantly looking uh, to see how can we increase what we have? How can we multiply? How can we build on what we have? What are these tips that we can get today uh, that will make us rich in the future? Uh, so that our children and their children, how can we secure their future? So Jesus says, this is how the world works. How much more shrewd should God's children be when you understand God's word? How much more shrewd should we be because we understand the truth? Because we know what is eternal. Uh, because we have an insight and wisdom through God's word into what really matters. How much more shrewd should we be uh, because we have God's resources at our disposal because of his grace, right? Uh, verse, nine, verse 9 says, you know your, your earthly wealth will fail. You're not going to take anything from this world. You're not going to take your money. You're not going to take your investments into eternity. You're not going to take your wealth into eternity, right? Uh, it will fail. So if you know this, if you know this piece of information, uh, how much more shrewd should we be about our eternal future? So the question is, how are you planning, right? When you know this, right? If you get a stock tip, if you get a tip about some hot crypto, uh, uh, people, people act on it, 
right the question is how are we as god children acting on the tip from god's word when you know that your actions are going to shape eternity so jesus jesus in in some ways says hey they, you you need a certain shrewdness and the shrewdness is not a bad quality here the shrewdness this shrewdness is a spiritual shrewdness it's a shrewdness uh, that comes because of faith it's because of trusting what god says uh, it is a shrewdness that comes because you're anticipating what is going to happen in the future based on what god says so this morning we're going to look at uh, what are the marks of a shrewd disciple how does a shrewd disciple of jesus look like and we're going to see this from the application jesus himself makes uh, from this parable right the first uh, the first mark the first mark of a shrewd disciple is that a shrewd disciple is intentional about eternal things a shrewd disciple is intentional about eternal things right look at verse 9 verse 9 uh, and i tell you uh, make friends for yourselves by means of un- uh, by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails they may receive you into the eternal dwellings right these friends uh, the friends you're making through unrighteous wealth they may receive you into eternal dwellings there is a clue into eternity here and i when i was studying this passage i was like man this is amazing there's there's a clue into what's going to happen in eternity something's going to happen in eternity in eternity uh, I, i don't know how right i don't know how this is going to work out uh, where your life in eternity is going to be more glorious more enjoyable uh, more delightful more rewarded because you made friends here on earth who are going to welcome you there right and these are not facebook friends these are not instagram friends these are not fr- these are friends in the kingdom of god uh, some of you you may know uh, some you may not know uh, but you will you will enjoy a certain kinship kinship a certain affinity a certain affection that cannot be explained now it is, it is tough to kind of think about how is this going to happen but it is certain to happen right imagine right imagine i was thinking about this imagine you're welcomed into your eternal dwelling by your heavenly father and by friends by friends so the question is how do you make these friends who are these friends and jesus says <laughs> these friends are it depends on how you use your earthly resources how you use your money how you use your wealth today how you use that uh, you're able to secure something in eternity something that is spiritual right so jesus says use use your wealth use your money uh use your resources use your time and talent and treasure for what can count in eternity 
right? And how is this? What do we do, right? We know this. You, uh, Jesus is basically saying, use this for kingdom work. What is going to last for eternity? Money is going to fail. But in verse 17, uh, Jesus says, my word will never fail. My word is going to last. Not a single word from scripture is going to fail. That is going to last. Use your resources in a way that expands God's work and God's kingdom in this world. Uh, use your resources in a way uh, that you're able to support those who are in need. Uh, use your resources in a way that is building the church, that is planting churches. Uh, you're able to support missions and missionaries who go. So a shrewd disciple, a shrewd disciple is somebody who understands this. And he's, he's always thinking about securing the future. So a shrewd disciple is thinking about how can I make eternity, right? How, how can I think about eternal things? And Jesus says, hey, do this, right? Do this. And I, I have a friend, uh, Rajesh, who lives with us, uh, lives in Delhi, and he's one of the, uh, one of the guys who was uh, part of the core team when we planted New City Delhi. Uh, he's a car designer. He works with an uh, Indian car company, and he's designed this uh, kind of a, uh, uh, SUV car that is one of the fastest, highest selling cars in India right now. So he's a very popular uh, designer, right? And uh, he's one of the core guys in the team here. Um, and, uh, and I asked him recently, I said, uh, I asked him about his work and we were just talking and he was telling how uh, his company, because it's an Indian company, uh, they pay really uh, less. Uh, they don't pay a lot. Okay. And he says a lot of people keep leaving, especially through the pandemic. People were leaving his company and joining uh, some of the multinational companies, Toyota, Honda, some of these companies, uh, Ford. Uh, and he says, the moment you leave, you get paid double the amount, right? You get paid triple the amount. Uh, and some people go to move to Europe. Some people move to some of these other countries. So I said, well, why are you, what is stopping you, right? Uh, he said, uh, one, first thing he said is, well, most of the companies are outside Delhi. They are not in Delhi. Uh, all these car companies are in other parts of India or it's outside India, right? Only this Indian company is in Delhi. So I said, why, why are you not looking for jobs outside? Uh, he said, well, I think God has called me to the city and I, I think I need to be part of this church plant, right? So here is a guy who understands what Jesus is saying. Uh, in front of the world, he looks like a fool. He looks like somebody who is losing his opportunities, but he is securing something eternally. He is making friends eternally. Uh, uh, and this is what Jesus is saying. My friends, you have an opportunity to turn something that is temporal into eternal. You have an opportunity to turn something that is worldly uh, to something that is spiritual, uh, to something that is earthly, to something that is it, uh, heavenly. Uh, you, you have a way to turn something that is unrighteous in some way to something that is of glorious benefit. So the question for you is, what are you going to do? Are you a shrewd disciple? A shrewd disciple hears this and acts. He, is, he or she is intentional about eternal things. Right? All right, secondly, secondly, a shrewd disciple is not only intentional about eternal things. A shrewd disciple is faithful in trivial things. Faithful in trivial things. 
Look at verse 10, the other, uh, the other application Jesus makes. He says, one who is faithful in a, very in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you uh, have not been faithful in the unrighteous world, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? And th this, is, this is amazing. Faithful, it is completely opposite to how the world thinks. Right? Faithful in little, uh, Jesus says, you'll be faithful in much. Uh, if you're faithful in something that is unrighteous world, uh, you will be entrusted with something that is true and glorious. Uh, if you're faithful in another person's world, you will receive your own. Right? So, uh, so a shrewd disciple understands this. You understand this. You, you understand how the kingdom of God works. Uh, firstly, you understand you're a steward of God's resources. You understand Everything that belongs to you is from God. As, as uh, David prays in uh, First Chronicles 29 11, uh, everything in heaven and on earth belongs to God. Your time, your talent, your treasure, right? your career, your, your, your impact, your influence, your skills, your gifts, everything belongs to God. And, and this is how a shrewd steward, a, a shrewd disciple, a shrewd disciple is somebody who's faithful especially in the small things, in the trivial things. In this passage, uh, money is, might be a trivial thing for some people, but the, the manager is shrewd about some of these trivial things. So a shrewd disciple is sincere and faithful about things that are not seen, things that don't matter in this world, things that seem insignificant. Because, because the disciple understands there is nothing trivial to God because everything is his. Everything is his. I think that this is important because sometimes, sometimes we have self-pity. Right? Sometimes, sometimes we, we, uh, we go into this train of thought Right where oh I'm nothing, oh I don't have much money, I don't have much influence, oh my I'm I'm young, I don't have too many resources, oh my gifts don't matter, I don't have a lot of education, my my station in life right now is not exciting, I'm not from a great background, my family is nothing great, I don't have a great career, so we go into this and we look at all these things in life and sometimes. We, we think of it as insignificant. We think of it as small. We dismiss it. Sometimes we become indifferent to what we have. But it is not so for God because it is given by God. It all belongs to God. So a shrewd disciple is able to understand that. He is not flippant and casual about the small things. He is shrewd and faithful faithful in the trivial things of life. I heard the story uh, of, the, of the king of Thailand. I don't know if you've seen some pictures of the king when, when uh, recently when he was coronated or something was happening, uh, people would be crawling 
they they uh, the you cannot stand above the waist of the king right uh, that's the idea right so when the king stands everybody is below his waist when the king sits you you basically are crawling because you cannot rise above his waist level right and so this uh, this uh, person got a chance uh, he was flying and uh, uh, or something and and, he, and in the uh, business class the, the, this king was there or something like that and he was telling the story how uh, every time the air hostess every time the security guards would cross the king uh, they they had to they had to bow bow low and crawl when he's lying down they literally crawl on the floor that is how much reverence they show to this king right even when he's sleeping right even, even when he's sleeping they don't want to just run run past him no no they 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 show intentionality right even when he is not looking right my friend this is an earthly we serve the king of kings we serve the king of kings how much more faithful should we be and god is not asking us to crawl on the floor no he's made us his children he's given everything of his to us a shrewd disciple my friend a shrewd disciple understands this he is not he or she is not negligent or grumbling or indifferent or careless but but they are faithful in the trivial things of life they are grateful they are faithful so 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 a shrewd disciple is intentional about eternal things a shrewd disciple is faithful in trivial things lastly a shrewd disciple is devoted to god in all things a shrewd disciple is devoted to god in all things look at verse 13 verse 13 uh, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve god in money a shrewd disciple understands this a shrewd disciple understands following jesus is not some occasional obedience following jesus is not uh, checking uh, a box it's not some religious duty no following jesus uh, means jesus becomes your singular absolute passion in life he is lord of all and here we see the pharisees uh, are, are loving money they using god to get what they want but they love money they love money and they scoff at jesus but, but jesus is calling us to love god to love god with all that we have and to use especially our money to serve him and his people so so a disciple a shrewd disciple understands this they understand uh, that especially our financial resources is a is a spiritual indicator of the condition of our heart it's it's a spiritual issue it's a heart issue it's a worship issue my friend uh, you can be generous without the gospel 
right? Without the gospel, without without experiencing what God says, you can be generous in this world without a gospel-shaped heart. But but you cannot be generous like the way Jesus talks about. The way he says, sell your possessions in Luke 12. You cannot be generous uh, the way he talks about being audacious and radical and bold in your generosity without the gospel capturing your heart. Without the gospel transforming your heart. So we understand this. We understand a shrewd disciple. A shrewd disciple is intentional about eternal things. A shrewd disciple is faithful in the trivial things. A shrewd uh, disciple is devoted to God in all things. Uh, but but, but how, how, how do we live like this? How do we live like this? And, and we can do this. Sometimes we try to be intentional. We try to be faithful. We try to be devoted. And sometimes, if you're honest with ourselves, we do this because we want to look good before others. Uh, we do this because that's the right thing to do. We do this because that's what Christians do. Uh, sometimes we do this to get approval uh, from people, or maybe they're insecure about our faith, or we do, to, do it because it's a religious duty. Or sometimes uh, we don't do this. We don't do this. We are not intentional. We are not faithful. We are not devoted. And what does it show? It shows that we are trying to secure our future using our money, our effort. We're trying to promote ourselves in this world. We're trying to, uh, uh, to gain our security, to justify ourselves with our wealth and belongings. So we could be doing this the wrong way, or we could be doing, we could be, we could not be doing this at all. So how do we do this? How can we live like this? And this is why scripture calls us to look at Jesus as your example. Jesus is our great example. My friend, he showed us what ultimate generosity is. He gave everything he had so that he could turn those, who are, those of us who are enemies of God to become eternally friends with him. To be eternally friends with him. He, he did that by becoming poor. He gave all his earthly glory and power and wealth to secure our eternal future with him through his generosity. So you see what Jesus did. But not only what Jesus did, Jesus is not only a great example, but he's your savior. He not only showed us how to live, he actually died in our place so that we can be set free, so that our hearts can be fully and wholly devoted to God. So we don't have to serve idols. We don't have to be a slave, uh, a slave to money. But we can be redeemed. We can be saved. We can be changed and transformed on the inside because of what Christ has done. He alone can change your heart to make it intentional, faithful, and to be devoted. My friend, this morning, if you see him as an example alone, you will be crushed. There is no way we can live like that. But if you see him as your savior, you will receive power and hope to live like him. We see the Pharisees are uh, ridiculing Jesus. They continue to love money. Uh, they, they continue to scoff at what God says. So the question for us is, what, what, what is your response going to be? 
Are you going to be a shrewd disciple who understands and who acts on what information you have from God's word? If our heart is captured by the radical generosity of Christ on the cross, if our heart is moved, if we delight in what Christ has done for us and we understand his radical generosity, my friend, that is going to turn us into someone who is spontaneous, who is radical, who is audacious in our generosity, in our giving. We understand we have received freely, so we give freely. I'm going to close with this, uh, uh, with this uh, story of a, of, a, of a tribal man. It's a, it's a tribe called the Maltos. And this was a few years back when I was actually serving in a mission agency. Uh, the, the tribe had dwindled down to only 50,000 people. Uh, because they were, uh, 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 they had uh, problems with malaria, uh, and uh, children would die, and people would die young. So the, it was a very unreached uh, people group living in the hills in in a state called Bihar. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, at at one time there was a there was a tribal man, uh, and he was later known as Barnabas Malto, right? And this man was became very sick, and he was living in this hut all by himself alone in a, in a village. Uh, and, and during that time, he saw a vision, right? When he was, uh, he was sick, he, he saw a vision of somebody who, uh, or somebody with a white robe or something, and they came and they touched him, okay? Uh, and uh, he was still sick. And one of the missionaries uh, from the organization I was working with, he was visiting this village in the coming days. And he went uh, uh, to meet this man and he went to his home and he shared the gospel uh, and he prayed for him. And as he heard the gospel, he recognized this was Jesus who came to him in his vision, in his dream, right? And, and he accepted Christ and he was healed miraculously. Right? And the first thing he did because he heard the gospel and he heard about the savior. The first thing Barnabas Malto did is he said, you know what? I want to give my land uh, to, to, to this Jesus, right? And, and, I, and I got a chance to visit that village. Uh, and in that, the land he had given, they built an amazing school for these tribal children where they, are, they hear about the gospel. The missionaries run the school. There's a wonderful church. And I was thinking, man, this is what happens when people's heart is captured by the gospel, you don't need to tell them what to do with their money. There is something spontaneous. There's something beautiful that happens in the heart. When there's a transformation. Yeah, this man is uneducated. He is not theologically astute. He's a new believer. But he's a shrewd disciple. He's a shrewd disciple. And he has friends waiting to welcome him into his eternal dwellings. My friend, you and I have a glorious future in Christ. Let's pray. Father, this morning, what a joy to hear from your word. We confess that we have not been shrewd with the, with the knowledge we have from your word, with the wisdom we've received through the gospel, with the example we see in Christ, with 
our Savior dying on the cross to save us, we confess. We confess that we struggle. We confess that we are indifferent to, to a parable like this, to a teaching like this. This morning, I, I pray that our hearts will be so captured by your love. Oh, that our, that our thoughts will be so fixed upon eternity. Uh, that, that our affection will be for Christ and his word, which will, ref, which will be reflected in how we live, how we use our time, how we use our money and our resources, our gift, our talent. Help us, Lord. May we not just be hearers of your word, but doers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.